Hey there, and welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. I'm Kinsey Dzinski, a licensed marriage therapist and relationship coach, and this is a community for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and live mutually empowered, purposeful lives. Happy fall, you guys. Gosh, so much to share with you. I'm not really sure where to begin. The first thing, if you're subscribed to my email list, you should have received a special gift from me over the weekend in your inbox, and I promise you don't want to miss that. It's my way of saying thank you so much for being here and being a part of this community. Like, you guys are amazing. You continue to make me smile and tear up, sometimes at the same time, and I really don't know how else to express my gratitude except to say what I said to Evan over the weekend, that I'm just really honored by the way you all trust me with your stories. I love reading them and getting to know you guys better. And those of you who've taken the time to reach out and share your heart, please know that today you've been prayed for specifically. I was doing some reflecting over the weekend and holy cow, what a summer. (laughs) So the Brave Marriage podcast launched June 11th, On August 24th, I took my national licensure exam, which I'd been putting off for, oh, about four years since I started practicing on my own. That same day, I moved my practice to Lexington, Kentucky to be more of a central location for clients. And I also changed the name of my private practice to Brave Marriage. And then I just found out this past Friday that I'm officially a licensed marriage and family therapist. So I've had an associate license for the past four years, and now I'm fully licensed, which is what I've been working towards since, I mean, I felt called to work with couples when I was 16. So it feels like a really big deal to me, like finally the end of a 12 to 13 year chapter and the beginning of the best one yet. So here's what that means moving forward. I am now officially all things Brave Marriage my LLC, my private practice, my website. So any offerings you've had questions about, premarital coaching, couples coaching, grief counseling for pregnancy loss, can now be found in one place at bravemarriage.com. And quick shout out to Evan, who worked really hard this week to help me with that, and also to my parents, who helped me move. Also, as of this weekend, my social media handles have changed to at bravemarriagepodcast. So if you want to connect on Instagram or Facebook, at Brave Marriage Podcast is where you can find me. Okay, let's get into today's topic. When your problems seem unsolvable. So I'm wondering, do you and your spouse have an issue that keeps coming up for you over and over? Like one where you talk about it and maybe you feel better, maybe you don't, but in time, you find that the issue comes up again and on and on that pattern goes? Well. These are called your perpetual issues. As Michael Fulweiler describes them, perpetual issues are problems that center on either fundamental differences in your personalities or in your lifestyle needs. So differences in your personality would be one of you is extroverted and wants to spend tons of time around other people, while one of you is introverted and would rather spend time by yourselves at home. Differences in your lifestyle needs would look like one of you being content to live on rice and beans in order to save, like Dave Ramsey would say, while the other desires to live comfortably off your income. 
Are you beginning to identify some perpetual issues now that you have a few examples? Usually, when your problems seem unsolvable, it's because they're perpetual issues. And here's the thing. Every couple has them. And if you feel like you don't hang in there, you likely just haven't been married long enough or likely are avoiding conflict. Can I say that? According to Gottman's research, every couple actually has three to five perpetual issues. And what he found was that being happily or unhappily married is not determined by the absence of those issues, but by the way couples handle these issues over the long haul. So the good news is you're not alone. In fact, in a sample size of over 100 individuals who've taken the relationship quiz, 46% said that their disagreements were always over the same things and that their conflict patterns repeated themselves, while 44% reported having productive conversations around perpetual issues, stating that even if they disagree and don't resolve the issue, they still felt better just having talked through it. And the 10% not accounted for here said they simply avoid conflict altogether, which can either be something they brought into the marriage or a result of handling perpetual issues poorly over the long haul, which leads to something called gridlock, but that's another topic for another day. What I want you to know today, though, is that there's hope, even when your problems seem unsolvable. It just requires learning how to deal with your perpetual issues more effectively. And that's where we're headed the rest of this episode. But first, this episode is brought to you by my free research-based relationship quiz. Have you ever wanted a professional insider's look at your relationship? Well, I've created a short quiz that lets you in on the state of your relationship based on four different components of marital health. After taking the quiz, you'll receive an immediate score, plus a description unique to your score will be sent straight to your inbox, followed by one action step, next steps to take, and one prayer for your marriage. So if you haven't already, simply visit bravemarriage.com slash quiz. Again, that's bravemarriage.com slash quiz. Okay, the first thing to do when your problems seem unsolvable is slow down the conversation. I know, who wants to do that? Especially when you two already know this particular fight like the back of your hand. One person brings it up, the other gets triggered, And have you ever noticed that the more you talk about the issue, the more quickly you end up in the same place? Well, that's precisely why you've got to slow down the conversation. So how do you do that? Well, a helpful starting point is to go back and listen to episode number five, How to Really Listen. Because actually understanding where the other person is coming from is key here. And while we're on this topic, did you know that you can disagree with someone and still understand where they're coming from? I'm being a little bit facetious here, but the day I finally realized this lifted this huge weight off my shoulders. See, it's not my job to convince my spouse of my perspective. My only job is to seek to better understand my spouse's. So no, it might not solve our problem, but it completely changes the conversation. And secondly, we slow down the conversation by naming our dreams and desires. By getting vulnerable and going deep with why we want what we want, and these two things, vulnerability and empathy, are the only hope we have of gaining compassion and respect 
for each other's position when it comes to perpetual issues. For example, if I'm spontaneous and my spouse is structured, it would be tempting of me to think of him as possibly rigid or boring. It would be equally tempting for my spouse to think of me as possibly reckless or irresponsible. But when I seek to understand my spouse better, and I realize that perhaps he feels that he can actually be more free within certain parameters, only then can I begin to appreciate him the way he is and appreciate how his being different actually enriches our lives. Likewise, when I take the time to explain to my spouse that spontaneity itself makes me feel free and creative, and perhaps those two things are needed to live my best life and do my best work, only then can he begin to have compassion for me where he may have previously been annoyed. And what's so funny about this, guys, is that the differences that initially attract us to our spouses in the first place can often become the very things that we decide turn us off or annoy us if we're not intentional. Let's use another perpetual issue to get at the dreams and desires that underlie each person's position. So the perpetual issue I'm about to talk about applies to every single couple, and yet I don't think I've ever heard anyone acknowledge it. And that's when to start trying to conceive. Whether for a first child or a second child, every couple has to decide if and when to start trying and what that will mean for both spouses. And even if you're a couple who got pregnant unexpectedly to start your family, you still had to grapple with what that meant and how each of you felt about it, right? So let's say the wife wants kids now, but the husband wants kids later. It's going to be super important for them to talk about the dreams and desires that underlie each of their positions. So for the wife, it may be being a young mom, both biologically and as a parent. But for him, it may be establishing himself in his career and able to provide for his family because perhaps his wife has expressed a desire to stay home when their kids are young. Okay, so again, while talking about these deeper desires doesn't necessarily solve the issue, it does help spouses better understand where each other is coming from, and that's really important when you're talking about such sensitive issues. And ideally, it also allows the couple to have greater respect for their partner when it comes to their differing desires on timing. Now, the third thing we have to learn to practice is acceptance. Accepting our partner for exactly who he or she is. Listen, that's what unconditional love is and that's how intimacy is formed. When I can trust my spouse with all my quirks, all my flaws, all my annoying habits, and know he'll love me anyway, and when he can trust me to do the same, that's the good life, isn't it? So how do we practice acceptance? By changing our minds and creating new thoughts. Let me give you an example to flesh this out. Let's say you're embarrassed by something your spouse does. Maybe it's in a group of friends or a more formal social setting, but your spouse does something and you feel totally embarrassed. And maybe your first thought is, why? Why would you do that? So it's important to know here that those thoughts communicate judgment. The moment we think, why would you do that? We're essentially saying, I can't believe you're not more like me. Or, I can't believe you're not the idealized version of you I had in my head. Yikes, right? 
when we break it down like that, we see why these thoughts, if acted upon, are so harmful to the relationship and the opposite of acceptance. Because whether you respond by rolling your eyes or apologizing for your spouse, all you're communicating is that you believe your spouse is somehow less than. So when you feel embarrassed and have that automatic first thought, here's what I want you to do. First, take that thought captive and say to yourself, my spouse's behavior is not a threat to me or my identity. And second, ask yourself the following questions. What about that particular trait did I initially find endearing? How does this particular trait draw out the positive in me or in those around me? How can I find humor around it? And how does this person enrich my life by being exactly who they are? Doing those things and asking those questions can help you get your brain out of judgment and into a place of acceptance. And once we're there, we find that it's much easier to roll with the punches, to take things more lightheartedly, and to not feel so personally affected by our spouse's behavior. All right, my friends, and that's called differentiation. Not making things about our partner means something about us. Letting our spouses be exactly who they are while remaining in our own skin and even learning to love those aspects of our spouse that make them who they are. So to recap, when your problems seem unsolvable, which now you know are called perpetual issues, here are a few steps to take to help you handle them better in your marriage. First, slow down the conversation by listening to understand and by communicating your dreams and desires that underlie the issue. Next, practice acceptance, which leads to differentiation by stopping yourself mid-thought and saying, my spouse's behavior or personality is not a threat to me or my identity. And then ask yourself the questions I just posed to shift your mindset, help you get curious, and find a positive perspective. Now, if you've gotten to the end of the episode and you're asking yourself, what's the point? If perpetual issues are seemingly unsolvable, then what's the point of doing something different? Well, this is the point. If we want our marriages to last, and not only last but thrive, then this is exactly where we need to put into action the mission of brave marriage. Growing as individuals and doing marriage with intention. Because friends, our commitment to our marriage relationships has to become more important than our commitment to being right. You guys, there's so much more I want to say, but as promised, I will leave it here for today. And as always, if you have any questions or want to connect, you can DM me on Instagram, which is now at Brave Marriage Podcast. And your action step for today is to identify and name each of your perpetual issues. Then decide where you personally need to start taking action. Is it with listening to actually understand? Is it with sharing your deeper dreams and desires? Is it with accepting your spouse for who he or she is? Or is it with doing some soul searching in the presence of a loving God who models all these things for us perfectly? My prayer for your marriage this week is that whatever issue has become a source of tension and gridlock between you, that the Lord would be actively redeeming those particular areas of your life so that what was intended against you and your spouse 
the Lord would restore for your good. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Love is not a battle. Love is not a bond. Love is just as fragile as it is.